Every game is data. Every game is fucking 45 minutes of pure data. I see fire and brimstone smoldering. Are we going to start over and get to the format or just do this loosey goosey because it's uh, the day after Christmas? Welcome to DC Seahawk Fan Talk, where Seahawk fans talk about the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are 8 and 7 and in the playoff hunt after a 20 to 17 point win over the Tennessee Titans. Doc, how you feeling? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Welcome everyone and it's good to reconnect with you mayor the day after Christmas. I hope you're hope you're oh, well, I know you don't celebrate, so you celebrated the day off yesterday. So, I hope that was joyous and merry <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. H- happy winter solstice, happy new year. So yeah, uh, good to connect with you, even though I'm back in Seattle. I've had uh, a wonderful past week reconnecting with our good friends, Wendy, the commander, Lindsay, Kai, the whole crew out here. Uh, haven't seen haven't seen Positive J. He's he's hiding out there in Puyallup, uh, which might as well be D.C. for how far that <laughs> is from Seattle. <laughs> but uh, miss you, Positive J. Hope to see you soon. Well, definitely going to see you soon in, in Costa Rica. So, um, so yeah. Um, overall thoughts about the game? It was yeah. a miserable game to watch. A classic miserable Seahawks game, that meme that goes around about the the ups and downs of watching a game as a Seahawks fan. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, classic. Uh, for I just want to say, I just want to say, a win's a win. <laughs> oh God, you can't really blame Walker for any of that. Like he he's definitely fighting and he's making people miss and stuff. Yeah. And then you look at his stat line after the game. He had 16 yeah. carries for 54 yards. That's I not. Mean... That's not a lot of work either. Like 16 carries is not a lot for him. And, you know, averaging three yard, 3.4 yards a carry, you know, that's a very modest performance. That's like, I think he's way better than that, but it's not about him. It's about the offensive line. It's always about the offensive line. Yes. 58 total fucking rushing yards. I mean that, come on. (laughs) Like Charbonnet had zero yards. And again, back to your point, fucking Pete is in some fucking delusional world where he thinks He's playing with the same, you know, Marshawn Lynch run offense, uh, LOB led defense. And yeah, and I and that's his that's his strategy. I mean, he definitely believes in this philosophy of like keep low scoring games yeah. and then just keep it close within one score yes. and then go try to win in the fourth quarter. And we're just going to be slightly more explosive or have enough like play action stuff set up that in that fourth quarter, we can drive down and win the game. And by the way, Gino has come from behind and won four times this year. And and, and Drew Locke did it once. Yeah. So uh, that's five games what? where we've won yeah. the last couple minutes of games. Like, Guess what's not sustainable? That yeah. shit. Okay? Dude, I thought for sure we are going to lose that game. Because, you know, how many things can go wrong? <laughs> like, how many damn things can go wrong and it's just like you know how many times have we seen it so many times okay we're losing we have to we have to score in this last drive the, uh, the probability is is just stupid <laughs> so like to rely on that again is i mean is and especially totally i mean off. both of those 
games la the last two weeks require like some really lucky play. Yes. <laughs> like yes. Miraculous fucking yeah. Like <laughs> Drew Locke, the best throw of nope. Drew Locke's career to win Seriously. that game in Philly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and by the way, like you know, the Titans weren't aren't a stacked team. You know, I mean, Philly oh was my struggling. God. You know, the Titans are not a good it, it's similar to like that Washington one that we have where it's like, yeah, we beat it, we beat a team that we're better than, but it wasn't very impressive. <laughs> uh we're struggling oh, against no. a really bad team. And this is literally my anti a win is a win fucking mantra. <laughs> that that is that's just too simplistic to to think about that's like, fair but like every like, game is data every game is yes, fucking 45 yes. minutes of pure data okay so yes. if you're just gonna ignore that then that's just being a lazy ass fan okay like we're that's we, we have a podcast we we can't be lazy we fucking we actually have to dig into okay what what happened in that win and what makes us confident and what makes us feel good about this team and what makes us feel like shit <laughs> and there's a lot of things to make us feel like shit i mean and, and back to your like what the titans that team that we played they half of their team were backups dude like uh, on their defense so like we got 58 total rushing yards against literally their second team defense that is fucking worrisome <laughs> that is definitely worrisome their backup quarterback I mean, they they really can't throw the ball down the field. I mean, their their biggest play of the game was was a Derrick Henry pass. So Derrick Henry pass. <laughs> also, there was a huge uh, Tannehill scramble that was like fucking pulled my hair out. Like, <laughs> remember that? Yeah, you know, no turnovers game. I I saw we had seven offensive possessions the whole game. So you know, <laughs> both both teams are having really oh. slow drives that aren't really going anywhere not a whole lot of yardage on either side of the football you know kind of a grinded oh out oh kind of God. ugly ugly game where no one's playing well yeah and you know don't turn the ball over and yeah win, win yeah. the fourth quarter that's the Pete Carroll way the Pete Carroll way yep. yes it is absolutely <laughs> stressful frustrating torturous it's torturous you know some of the some of the philosophy of it too is like i heard them talking about this on brock and sock it's like the yeah. idea of competition oh. um that you know how many different players have we played from our 53-man roster how many of our 53-man rosters you know have started how many different starters have we had this year um it's definitely not 22 um you can't really hide anyone on your roster you're like your depth of roster comes into play when yeah. We have different people starting at nickel every single week. It feels like is that what, I, I can't um, even keep people straight. Like who's starting yeah. for who now? It is yeah. Willen starting. Is Willen yeah. a starter or not? I, but I, that I, wasn't. I um, yeah, I don't. That doesn't. Is they were talking about this as a. I mean, I feel like that's been a as a consequence of injuries. You know, I I, th I think. Well, not just injuries. We've also had some benches. We've yeah, also, uh, which you know, is some fake extremely injuries. rare. Adams I mean, doesn't hurt. Well, I mean, I, I agree. Well, Witherspoon is hurt, so like that's you know Trey Brown or whoever's filling in on that side for sure. But you know who knows? But but I I do know a few weeks ago I think Brady Henderson was talking about um, Adams, you know, not having fully recovered from 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 his injury. So yeah, no, he's not he's not hurt to the extent that he can't play probably or maybe. Right. 
So, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of things, there's probably a lot of things going on behind the scenes with, with Adams. Even I think Pete was um, someone parsed Pete's uh, language in his interview today. I think that um, the, that person was basically saying like Adams, Adams is good enough to come back but Pete doesn't is not going to let him back unless he thinks that he's going to be, he's going to make the team better. So, so yeah, yeah. which I don't think he's going to. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I mean, actually me and you, you know, debate this stuff, but I, we actually agree on like everything. I mean, almost down to a T and our philosophy is, you know, the Seahawk fan talk philosophy here is you build from the line out, not the outside in. We, we both believe that. We believe you have to have a balanced offense that can run the ball. We believe in, you know, defense first. We, we believe you cannot corrupt your franchise by trading away first round picks for gimmick players. We believe you can't pay and build your team from the quarterback forward. That quarterback. Now there's nuance to our conversation about quarterbacks. (laughs) There is. Of course. I mean, we can talk about nuance, nuance. but the, It's normally the vast majority of times teams that win Super Bowls do not have a quarterback that they're paying top dollar. Normally, yes, the vast majority, okay. they're on their rookie deals or yep. they have some sort of discount for some other reason, right? Tom yeah, Brady yeah. took discounts yes. for all those years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only exception to that where someone's making more than whatever 30% of the salary yeah. cap is is Patrick Mahomes last Patrick year Mahomes one time. Yes, one, one time. time. And and look at them this year, dude. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. like, people are like, yeah, they're going to get bounced the first round. <laughs> playoffs, and that's so. the other stuff. Like, like yeah. that stuff comes back to haunt you sooner or later. It comes yes. back to haunt you sooner or later. Yes. You can't make bad deals in this league and just expect to keep winning forever. And Pete Carroll believes yes. in in winning forever. That's the name of his book. So, yeah, you can't. Brent, you know, I, I think the Adams deal is the worst deal in 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 Pete Carroll's in tenure franchise. in Seattle. And, you know, he gets a lot of credit for trading away Russ at the perfect moment and getting as much back for Russ as he did. Yes. Um, and and I think that That's should be deserved, the best. That was I the think. smart move to do. We both yes. believe in that. Yes. That was the best move that I, I, I think. That, I mean, you I mean, yeah, Adams was terrible again uh, before that. The Jimmy Graham trade also pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I, I'm also personally biased. Like, I hate Jimmy Graham. You know, mostly because he's a Christian, but also just because, you know, it, it was a, a lot of money for an old player. Um, and I don't really like his style of play. Well, but yeah. if you look at the usage of him, we actually did end up using him quite a lot that second yeah. year that Jimmy Graham the was second in year. Yeah, yeah, before he blew his knee out. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, that wasn't, I mean, then it, we regressed to the what, like, Russ not being able to throw to tight ends. So then yep. the, the other cost of that was we fucking traded our Pro Bowl core center that, you know, I've said before, we've never, we've never gotten right at center since we traded away Max Unger. So, and he, yep. that fucker had several Pro Bowl years, I think, Pro Bowl years uh, with, with uh, um, uh, New Orleans, you know, um after that so this is a unique draft year coming up so you know people are talking about it as the deepest quarterback draft ever like in the history of college mm-hmm. so 
so this is where we diverge is is literally you're texting last night that you can pick up a fucking quarterback off the street and go to the super or win the Super Bowl, which is absolutely ludicrous. Absolutely ludicrous. That's something that we have never seen. So it's so, you know, we could talk about the other thing about, you know, paying a franchise quarterback, which, you know, I also agree with. Right. Like um, mm-hmm. if, if if the history shows, if the data shows that you can't play one pay one player that much um and win a super bowl one time is doesn't make it right you know so i'm so but that's a tough obviously that's a that's a tough situation to be in if your if your quarterback on a rookie contract actually wins you a super bowl goes to two super bowls (laughs) so that that was the you know that that was uh, again what made um you know that trade monstrous right like you had a huge part of this fan base that were like hell no, you cannot <laughs> trade him. Two scenarios I I would be okay with, right? As I said, I, I I'm because of my philosophy around our or our philosophy around you build a team from the inside out. I would be fine if they used their first round pick on a generational offensive lineman, uh, preferably center, right? Um, and and so I'd be fine with that, and I would be fine with trading up giving up whatever fucking picks that we have to to get up a little bit high enough to snag one of these one of these several quarterbacks that could be that could make you in contention to win the super bowl obviously that's a huge gamble <laughs> obviously it's that's extremely hard to predict but this goes back to I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with a quarterback you pick up off the street. I I think that 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 position is so important on a football team. Like it is the most important. You have to have a level of quality at that position that is at a certain certain threshold to actually contend for a, a Super Bowl. Uh, and so if we don't, if you don't get it right. Oh, and then also on, on, um, salary, or I mean, um, uh, rookie year contract. So, right. so that's why, you know, I'd be okay with that too. You and know, I the, know um, that, that doesn't mean I, I, that doesn't mean I'm so delusional. I don't know. We have a fuck ton of other gaps and holes that we need to fill in this team, right. of course. But, um, but if we've got an opportunity to, to, to snag someone, at the most important position on a team, then I think we should do it. You know, I, I think we've this has been a good constructive conversation because we've gotten to the the core, you know, disagreement between us. I, I think we agree on everything until that point about trading up for a you know generational quarterback. I think that's a huge gamble. And also we don't have a whole lot of picks to trade. We've already traded away our second round pick next second year. Round. So you're yep. talking about future first picks. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, you know, these quarterbacks that have, you know, been generational quarterbacks that have come been found in the draft are have most of the time they're not the top guys in even their their year, let alone, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Russ was the third round pick. Tom Brady was a fifth round pick, famously. You know, so I I I do want that I, I do want them to, you know, see them draft a quarterback next year, but I don't want to give up a ton of capital. And also the higher you draft someone in a draft yeah. a higher you, have, more to you pay have to pay them, them. yep so that's a uh, diminishing returns essentially and also half the over half those guys don't make it 
to a second contract, you know? So it's a huge, you're, it's a 50, 50 toss at best. And you're trading away, not just that pick, but you're yep. using, you know, three first round picks to get that, you know, like San Francisco did like sooner or later that come back, that comes back to hurt San Francisco. Yeah. So oh, well, that makes me really nervous. That is a huge gamble, but it's even, a, I mean, it's a worse gamble to pick a quarterback in a third or fifth round. I mean, not a worse gamble in terms of the resources that you give up, but like right, right, right. it's almost a fucking, you're just throwing away that that pick essentially, because again, the probability, you can name a couple anomalies, right? That that are going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks right. that got picked super late. I, we should think, we should try and identify if there's been any recent quarterbacks, you know, picked in, oh, well, fucking, I don't want to talk about Brock Purdy, but like, um, you know, late ass rounds that, that are, you know, seen as elite. Right. I, 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 I'm not sure that that's, yeah, that, that's fair. And, and maybe, maybe I'm just talking about using our first round pick. That's, you know, going to be 20th overall or something right. for a, for a quarterback versus trading up for him, you know, hoping that someone falls to you there, but yeah, you know, yeah. And, you know, that's the other thing about, you know, Gino is like he can be a transitional quarterback and he can, you know, be the starter next year, too, and train somebody up underneath him. You know, you can do a Jordan Love kind of kind of situation. Where he yeah, but you year. want him training <laughs> a quarterback that's going to be good and have and has the potential to be to be good. And even if, if someone can take the job from him and beat him in training camp, then, you know, if Russ comes out of nowhere and, and, and takes the starting job next year, then then by all means, you know what I mean? Russ. Uh, let, let, let the wait. best guys start. No, you mean, uh, wait, who? Well, Russell Wilson, when he came in, wasn't the starter right away. Oh, oh, oh you mean that scenario. That job. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and the other thing is, like, you know, teams that spend money to go get a quarterback because they feel like they're all quarterback away right denver just did it yes. san francisco yes. did it a couple years ago traded up to go get a quarterback yep. Yep. ends up being a bust so that yep. we haven't seen like that strategy work either it's not like trading up or spending a lot yep. of money to get a senior to come in and you know carry you across the finish line sure. I, I, just, I just don't believe you can like buy there's no there's no like shortcuts to a championship you have to build your team from the inside out like you have to it's got to be the defensive line and it's got to be the offensive line i mean dude you're pointing to two of the most egregious boneheaded fucking franchise decisions ever <laughs> the 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 russell wilson fucking deal and the train lads i mean and and i was talking to our good friend kai murray you know ah, mr mr out. football <laughs> this weekend uh well you know i was talking about how jealous i am of the san fran fucking management and leadership and their decision making and you know he had an interesting take that he was saying like well look they've gotten really lucky too mm -hmm. they've made some bad ass decisions that have been covered up right that have been masked because of these freaking miraculous situations with like Brock Purdy, obviously. And, you know, um, and just look at how many quarterbacks they've gone through to get before they got to Brock Purdy. I mean, yes. how many guys were in that? Starting well, position? yes. And, but I'm saying the history of them, their recent years is, 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 um, data that supports my position over your position over, you know, of, of, yeah. I mean, we agree about building uh, teams from the, you know, again, like from the inside out, yeah. but 
but you can't have fucking Jimmy G take you over the fucking line. Okay. You can't they have traded a first. They just traded, just traded a second round pick for Jimmy G. Well, and, and he, he won the and, first, you know, and if they had the invested more resources for a better quarterback, they probably would have a fucking ring uh, during and this. They traded three game. first round picks for Trey Lance. For Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. And, and then they got lucky with Brock Purdy at the last pick in the draft. So, oh, and, draft. and by the way, like me and you both believe that he's kind of a fraud. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And no, and I'm convinced, well, I will I will be in doubly depressed for two weeks if that fucker wins the Super Bowl ring. Or the MVP. If yeah. the Niners with him. I, I think the MVP uh fucking fantasy is crushed, thank goodness, after after last night. But yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, the rest of that team is so fully stacked. Yeah, but that's how I want to build a team. Like not not how they built their quarterback, but I want to build the, the rest of the team. They the way they built I know, their team, right? I know, yeah. You know, ha- draft I, draft really incredible players in Ayuk and in George. I would love that. Build those I would guys love that. and have huge. And you know who's been making? Yeah, we should. And, yeah, yeah. And then trade to get a you know dynamic yeah. weapon like a running back, and then and then yep. and then yep. fill in the quarterback however you have to because we totally did that. You know, I mean, a decade ago, over a decade ago, yep. we had built it, and then you know th- that last piece, which is, I mean, it's not the same as uh, CMC, but but it was Percy Harvin. You know, it was just like okay, let's just get one freaking freak of nature exactly. that runs faster than anyone on this freaking field. And, and, you know, obviously there was a lot of, obviously he didn't play that much for the team, but he was, you know, a part of that Super Bowl uh, win, right? Um, Yep. And and, I think, but then, yeah, I want that too. I want that too, Mayor, but you know what? You need, you need the people making those decisions on those personnel decisions, those traffic decisions, to be as good as the people making those decisions for San Fran over the past fucking five, six years. And totally. we don't have it. And I, even, even with two good drafts in a row, I still feel like we're probably another really good draft away from actually kind of having that team of young yes. players. But then, the, you know, that's not, that's only the one part of it is the draft. The other part of it is like, what's your Agents? accountability culture? What's your, what's your training oh. program? What's your oh, yeah. development you know, league guys, what do those guys look like? Because, you know, we always talk about these superstars, but it's about the guys you never think about. It's about the second round nickel corners, you know, your your players. Like those guys have to be contributors and have to be competing and pushing guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And you have to bench Jamal Adams. I think that's the best thing we've done the last two weeks is like, yeah, actually start holding people accountable in that locker room. Um, Yeah. And I think that's going to be really important down. And benching like, yes. We're not going to make yes. we're not going to make the playoffs still at eight and seven. You know, yeah. if if we have one lapse here, you know, it, it's oh yeah. Every game's a playoff game now. And um they need to be acting like that, you know, throughout the week, not just on Sundays. And Wollin yeah. too, I think, you know. And Wollin. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. That's the thing. Like yeah. any coach, you know, it, it's yeah. really hard to get the best out of your own players and put all your own players in the right position it's really easy to see where the biggest weakness is on your opposing team. Yeah. You know, and you just, you know, you just target that same weakness over and over and over again. uh, Yeah. Where it is. We saw them doing, we saw them doing that in the beginning of the year. Yeah. Just targeting the left side of the field over and over again, because it was because they knew Wollen can't tackle. You know, I've said this, I've said this for years and getting back to why I can't stand a win is a win mantra. 
there is fucking billions of dollars invested in this league. Who do you think is analyzing every second of a shit fucking win that that we that we've had so many times throughout these years? The net, the rest of the damn league that has to play us next. And are you you think we're fucking? We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Those motherfuckers, they are <laughs> analyzing. They actually know what they're doing. So yeah. Oh man, let us let us fucking chew up their slow ass fucking middle linebacker over and over and over again. Oh, um, their their um second year corner, he's fucking soft and doesn't like to tackle. Let's just run oh, run to his ass, yep. you know, 90% of the damn game. So yeah, yeah, of course. So, so but you know, back to the benching, dude. That is, you know that this must have been some of the hardest things a uh, decision that Pete Carroll had to make right cuz that totally goes against his is is um you know uplifting supportive ideology uh, he it cuz in his mind benching someone is worse benching someone that's playing bad is worse because you, then you fuck with that person's you know self confidence and, you know, and they may not come back from the benching. So, so that is, you know, let's get back. I mean, he, Pete, I guess should get some credit for, for making some decisions that go absolutely against probably every, fi every fiber of his being, you know, to bench a player that that's so rah, rah, Pete, that's not what yeah. he's about, but and as he's, and he's hiding up behind injuries and I, and, That's right. And, and he's only saying because, positive things. Yeah. In you know, he's like, we need him so bad. We love him. We we yeah. we didn't play as well as we could have because he was out. And it's that's like, protecting egos. Yeah. Total bull. Yeah. So he, you know, that's how he's compensating, right? For yeah. for you know, making these really tough um calls. I really don't think Pete Carroll's like that complicated of a character. Like it's pretty obvious what he's doing um with all of this. Like right. We can see through the the bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I, I honestly think it's made the defense like more dynamic, not having Adams out there because, you know, at least it's, it's someone new that they haven't seen before. It's new stuff. If it's that, just that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's guys flying around doing stuff that we're not used to them doing, including like, yeah. you know, Burns who yeah. had a terrible penalty that almost cost us the game. But, you know, before that oh. had a pretty decent game. With yeah. Tackles yeah. And, and last game he did well. And, yep. Yep. You know, and yeah, you know, even, even Bobby, who's not fast and pass coverage. I agree with you on that point had eight solo tackles two of those for loss he had a sack a quarterback hit um you know guys are flying around out there doing stuff yes bobby and led the league in tackles are we gonna are we gonna, are we gonna are we gonna start over and get to the format or just do this loosey-goosey because it's uh the day after christmas but I was I think, going um, to I was going to acquiesce and uh this week for the first time all season uh, um, uh decide that Bobby did pass his thesis defense after oh this game. <laughs> and uh yes, because I I at some point you you're right, you've been harassing me all season that that I don't give Bobby enough credit. But okay, this is this is sort of a this is a this is a master's degree with the asterisks oh <laughs> next to it. Yes, I do. Love... They actually give those out. Like, does does, does UMD <laughs> give uh, asterisks out next year? Thesis with an asterisk. Yeah, it was, uh, they barely passed their their uh, uh, masters with the thesis. Barely passed their thesis defense. But no, okay, yes, uh, you know, no doubt, Bobby's he is doing 
some of the things that we want him to do. He, he's making tackles. Yes, he's leading. You know, how, how many times uh, this season has he led the team in tackles? So, yeah, I mean, yes, let's 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 celebrate that we're we're seeing a middle linebacker at the very end of his career being functional and and making maybe a splash play every other game okay <laughs> maybe like a like a like that sack i think he had a big tackle for loss too or at least a big tackle too in this in this past game but uh, a sack and a big tackle for loss yeah 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 he so, has three and a half sacks on the year 88 solo tackles 154 tackles and all um and he has one fumble recovery yeah so so this this uh master's degree is acknowledging not just his performance this year but that that uh he's not he, he's a he's a serviceable linebacker at, at this point in his career for our team so so yes i begrudgingly award bobby in the master's degree for for this week for this performance and I don't want to see Bobby Wagner's jersey uh, on the field ever again after the season. He's he's the third in the entire league in tackles. That's what a middle linebacker should be. <laughs> they, they're, they're third in the entire league. They should yeah. be. They should be. I thank you for that. I do feel like, like it's a little bit of a legacy um, award and has uh, been well earned you know, this year, but of course, you know, he, he's a hall of hammer and stuff. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've always emphasized this whole, like, I fucking love Bobby, obviously for everything he's done. He's been a, a freaking amazing player. It's just, it's a little sad and depressing when I see someone like Fred Warner fucking flying all over the field and think, damn, that was Bobby. That was Bobby back in the day. Same number to 54, you know, <laughs> watching, watching him uh, just, that would be great for us to have someone, right. That's, that's, uh, you know, that's, a, 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 well, it's very all right hard. Like we're never going to replace Bobby, but it, it'd be great to have, uh, you know, someone fast, flying all the all over the field like some of these young um stud linebackers that's currently in the league well on that note i'll say on july 2nd 2008 the seattle supersonics were stolen from our city seattle save the whiz and bring back the sonics you're here mayor and uh any uh thank yous this week well you know i watched the game by myself um yeah. so uh not really. <laughs> um, as far as that, <laughs> I do want to thank all of the you know fans, including um, shout out to Jamie and a, and a few other people that have been you know consistent supporters of this podcast and and um, good friends through throughout this process. You know, I'm not sure exactly what the next couple of weeks will look like. We're both uh, set to travel to to Costa Rica next week, so I'm not sure what yeah. the next couple of podcasts we might miss a week or or maybe we'll do mm -hmm. one episode to like kind of summarize the end of the year here mm -hmm. as we make a playoff push. Um, and then of course, if there's any playoff, you know, activity, then we'll, we'll, you know, come back to talk about that. But, um, so I mm -hmm. want to thank everybody. I want to thank you, you Richard for, um, supporting me and, and joining me on this journey this year. And, uh, we'll see where it goes, uh, in the rest of the season in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate those. Thank yous. Thank you to the commander for being one of those, um, devoted listeners and i mentioned our good friend kai and um of course we need to mention Lindsay 
our good friend Lindsay Maluska as well, because she actually got him to listen to a couple of our episodes. <laughs> and so he had some he had some feedback for us that, you know, that I'll share with you on another time. But uh, you know, like some others, he wants us to to be a little spicier, you know, be a little more combative, lean into the, you know, Stephen Stephen A. Smith uh, <laughs> style. <laughs> uh i you know i don't think our personalities really match up for that but but sure we we and the fact that we agree on 99.9 percent of our philosophies is is makes it difficult but we definitely have some have some robust uh, disagreements too that it's, mm-hmm. they're small but uh but he encouraged us not to not to shy away from uh leaning into those <laughs> those disagreements well and the ultimate the ultimate you know, fans will, will notice the tension that's built over the year. And, you know, <laughs> this, this podcast is where we talk every week about the Seahawks, but, you know, yeah. we have also watched the majority of the games together yes. and we, yes. you know, we talk before this podcast, we talk after yeah. this podcast. So the debates that, that have been going on between all of us, you know, and I think some people are like, you know, only seeing the things I text on the thread or some people are only seeing right. the, and they're like, where's this coming from? And I just yeah. want to say there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations that are ongoing. Oh and gosh, if you've been yes. paying attention to this podcast or you know, our in our yeah. friend group, you're well aware of those um those ongoing debates between me and you. <laughs> it's true, it's true. No, yes. Uh, many of the DC twelves have had to suffer through our <laughs> arguments in the middle of game watches about some about some shit that we definitely disagree on so yeah it was kind of nice watching the game at sully's by myself well, i bet it was very peaceful i was just because <laughs> yes i just me and Antoine. the doc just... would have been miserable and yeah saying provocative yeah yelling out provocative shit for, for the majority of that game yeah and also i just doc, have a, the doc and puja let, let's say she uh, puja and i are, are uh, on the similar similar negative wavelengths yeah like not being there with you was actually probably this was the perfect game to not be there with you because I I kind of feel just I kind of had this moment of peace come over me like whatever <laughs> happens in this game it's fine like if we lose it then it's oh, over god. we can just oh, pack this podcast up and we're done you know um <laughs> we're not gonna make the playoffs so we lose to the titans hilarious. and then if we win then great oh hilarious yeah you can't you can't get to that moment of peace when you have me yelling in your <laughs> fire <laughs> beat <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, um, with that, much love to the DC 12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Free Palestine and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Hecala! Hecala! Hecala!